Hello, everybody, and welcome once again to Inside the Circle, your weekly dose of high school softball in Connecticut, and I am your host, Sean Patrick Bowley, alongside my cohort and co-host, Ryan Lacey, and how you doing, Ryan? Great. Uh, just getting over the awesome weekend that we had for, you know, state final. It all it lived up to the billing, I think. Yes, indeed. It, it certainly did. Some, I, Like we said last week, just as we predicted how this whole season would play out, at the top of the show, you heard from Southern head coach Davina Hernandez, whose team won the Class L championship by holding off NFA 7-6. to six. Then you heard a little bit from Waterford. Waterford's Lily Stoddard hit a, what it was, a three-run home run and an eventual 6-5 victory over perennial champ Seymour in Class M. And then, of course, you heard from Lee Barone, the head coach of the Massick softball team, and her pitcher, Sam Sheeby, who threw 15 strikeouts and a, a what, a two-hitter in the Class L final against East Haven to win 2 nothing and... The poll just dropped last night, and of course, I mean, as we kind of figured it would be the case, Massick is the number one team in all the land. Any surprises there, Ryan? No, I think we, we ironed that out pretty well. If if Massick beat East Haven in the final on Friday, they were probably going to be number one. And if they didn't do so, whoever won the Class Double L final probably would have taken that position, and that's how it played out with Massick 1 and Southington 2, you know, the two big school champs. So all right, well we're gonna we're gonna break this whole thing down here somehow, uh, and try to figure this out. Let's let's start at the bottom. Well, actually, let's start with the top ten. Like, all right, look, since you sure. just me- since you mentioned it, um, I you know it, it's the the top ten is really strange to me because it's it's a it's a certain group all year. You know, you base it on their compiled record, and then when the state playoff comes, and then it, 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 different teams win state champions. 
You kind of have to vote all the state championships champions pretty high, and that seems like what we've got here. Yeah, this is a tough one. It's like you just said, we we go off regular season, the whole regular season, and then when the playoffs are over, it's like, nope, none of that, none of that mattered. Um, I only really have one issue with this, and that's South Windsor dropping all the way to number nine after losing to NFA in the Class Double quarterfinals. That seems a bit harsh. I don't know how you think, but they beat both Class Double L finalists during the regular season. They lost a 2-1 game, their only loss of the whole season, you know, to NFA, who went on to the final, obviously. You have St. Joe's at 6, who lost to East Haven at the same, you know, in the second round of the tournament, and that was their only loss, too. So just a little, that was the only thing that really stood out to me. I want, I want to get that in there. That's a little harsh on South Windsor, in my opinion. And and St. Joe's, if you thought? No, I think St. Joe's probably, that's fine. I think, like, the 5 to 6 range is fine. Could they have been put ahead of Cheshire? Maybe Cheshire winning the SEC is a big, you know, obviously a big deal. I think Waterford deserves, you know, that. If you win a state championship, especially in Class M, which was pretty competitive, then you probably deserve to be above those teams. But, yeah, six is fine for St. Joe's. Nine for South Windsor is absolutely not fine. <laughs> yeah. No, I, they should I, at, le- at worst be seven for sure. I don't think they should be above East Haven regardless of how well their run was. Well, here is the top ten, which you can view on GameTimeCT.com. Uh, number one is Massick. They got all 14 votes, unanimous. Second straight year, um, they defeated East Haven 2-0 in the final. A really close game uh, that wasn't won by Massick until late, and they had to stave off a few you know, a few East Haven threats before uh, for you know, stringing together a few runs there in the bottom of the six. And once that once they got to the bottom of the six with a couple run with a two run lead, that was going to be lights out. Pretty yeah, much. that was the only game I feel of all of them. Maybe Class S two that that felt like a real championship game. It was like elite pitching from both pitchers, great defense from both teams, and just that like one or two clutch hits that sort of decided the whole thing. Very few mistakes in the field too, which was not the case elsewhere. Yeah, there were a few moments. There was a you know a few bobbled balls, but you're going to get that in softball. You you just really are. It's a it's a tough sport. Yeah, that's for sure. And fielding is no joke um but overall but pretty clean game there but anyway going to number two we have a uh, southington which you know kind of defied both of us i guess I, you did pick him to win didn't you no i had nfa in the no, final did. we both did uh yeah like you know we wrote about it and everyone sort of pointed out the same thing this was just not the traditional southington team so it only makes sense that this is the one that you know gets the job done and breaks their little mini ra- drought of not winning in four years yeah so all is right there in, in southington land i mean the it's not a team we talked about a whole heck of a lot uh, during the season other than, you know, the, some of the head-scratching losses they had. And you, you look back at it, they only had three. So uh, a really good job by Davina Hernandez. Like, it's not one of her glory teams. Like, when we were singing their praises back in 15, um, they kind of snuck up on everybody. And, and one that I mean, whoever was winning Class Double L was going to sneak up some, sneak up on somebody. Yeah, Cheshire. Yeah, exactly. You know, because South uh, Windsor was the kind of the favorite going into that tournament. So then uh, no, NFA comes in at number three, real and solid season at ECC Championship, and just getting there. Uh, that that was just a really impressive, especially beating Cheshire in the semifinals. Uh, yeah, break I was, that hex. I was glad. Sorry, I was just glad to see them rewarded for number three. That that's who I thought was going to be. You know, who I voted, and most voters did vote the number three. I, I thought they deserved it because of not only how the class double final played out specifically, but just the run they went on to win their league and then to beat South Windsor and Cheshire. You know, even Ludlow in the second round's not an easy game either. So, they feel like they really deserved it. They had such an awesome season with two amazing seniors in Haley Schrader and, and they Haley almost Camo. and they almost pulled it off. Yeah, they did and. They 
they'll definitely have left there thinking a great opportunity slipped away just with how many errors they made in the field. I think they had four, a couple others that technically weren't errors, but there were like errors that like, it wasn't like the runner got from home plate to first base. There was like errors where they got like two or three bases at, or something and got two or three bases. Mm. And that's just so, so backbreaking, but what an unbelievable fight back. They were down seven two heading into the seventh and it didn't take long before you thought, wow, they're really going to pull this off. But you know, just kudos to Southington, their freshman pitcher who came in to sort of calm down everything down. And, uh, you know, Sam Sullivan, just to get the win, was pretty impressive. How close were they? Where was the winning, the so tying was, run? Uh, second base with one out, I believe. Ooh. So very, very close. And it was like the perfect start. It was like the perfect rally because I think it was their sixth or seventh hitter started the inning. So once you get a few base on, then the top of your lineup's coming through. And you know that's you know they just it was the momentum was just you know building so quickly for them, and just it didn't you know it didn't work out. And also because Bailey Kamo was probably not 100 percent going in there, given what happened against Cheshire. She walked some batters, probably not traditional. And did you know they made this this switch you know about halfway through the game? It didn't really you know matter too much, but just. It felt like if if anything went their way a little bit, they would have won the game. It felt like everything was sort of going against them, and despite the amazing comeback at the end. Yeah, certainly uh, a great run by NFA, and and you know I didn't think I mean just based on their regular season results, I didn't really think that they were they had the the capacity to get to this this point, but it paid off. Playing all those tough teams played off. And uh, there they are, number three. Yeah, exactly. Great, great. Way. Number four is Waterford, which is one of the few title towns uh, coming out of this weekend. You know, and uh, Darien uh, Lacrosse and New Fairfield Lacrosse and Waterford uh, baseball and softball. Was there another, another one? I, I don't know. I don't the, think so. Well, Southern didn't have a shot, but the baseball team yeah. couldn't beat Staples. So um, St. Joseph, that was the other one. Oh, St. Joseph. Yeah, they had baseball. They won two out of three finals. They won baseball. They won boys lacrosse. And they lost girls lacrosse. Oh, right. Okay. So, <clears throat> and of course, they lost soft. They, they softball long gone. So number four, number four is Waterford. Uh, you know, uh, a really solid, solid run for them to get to the class. I think I don't know. I didn't see them obviously, and they good for them for avenging. They got smoked. By Seymour early in the season, like I think it was the first game of the season. Yeah, like the second or third game was ten yeah. to one. Ten to one, and they come back and they actually take a big lead, um, and then uh, they Seymour scratches and claws back as as it's been wont to do, and then Waterford was able to scratch back another run and then hold on for the six five victory in the Class M final. Uh, any thoughts on Waterford? Yeah, just uh, like you said, Lily Stoddard, Stoddard had the big three-run home run, and I feel like it was the quote, almost the quote of the weekend provided to us by Ned Griffin from the day Stoddard talking to him, and she said in the middle of that at-bat, you know, that the, the three-run home run came, she said, two strikes, I closed my eyes and said, wow, what would it be like if I just hit this over the fence right now? <laughs> I think that's just amazing. Like, that's just such a funny thing to think of in the moment of, you know, of a state file, and just especially with two out, with two strikes, they're just trying to do anything, and to hit such a clutch home run, and obviously those were runs they needed because Waterford made some mistakes later in the game to let Seymour back in. I think they combined for nine errors, yeah. you know, which is... Not great, I don't think. They but. might be a little. They might be a little high for my taste. I think Ch- you could definitely put Cheshire, St. Joe, maybe even Trumbull in, in South Windsor ahead of them. You think so? Wow, yeah, that, was, that was a. <laughs> well, I know they didn't. Well, I know. I, I, <laughs> yeah, I, I think the one argument you'd have is well, two. One, they you know they they sort of crashed out earlier in their conference tournament after a good regular yep. season. I think they went seventeen and three or eighteen and two, and also. 
their run through class M, they the first couple rounds were a little simple compared mm-hmm. to some other schools. Yeah. Considering how deep class M was, I guess is what I'm trying to say. I mean, yeah. they earned a high seed, so definitely, you know, deserving, but having a couple easy games just to get to like the quarterfinals or semifinals makes it a little less likely that they'd get upset along the way. And kind of a young team. They only graduate two players. So yeah, they'll be no, back. They'll, be th- they'll certainly be back. Uh, I, I, and I, I just compared to a Cheshire, I mean, compared to St. Joseph, you're going to, you're going to hit St. Joseph for losing one miss for, you know, one bad game. Yeah. If you're going to lose a game, you don't want to lose it there. And St. Joseph lost it there. That's fair. That's fair. Um, and then Cheshire, I mean, Trumbull even double L we've been saying it all year long. Double L was really stacked. I mean, it wasn't, didn't have a powerhouse team. Right. Um, but it did have uh, some of the best teams in the state. I, mean, I think there's no question about that. So I think you could have put South Windsor there, and maybe Waterford should have been on the maybe <laughs> bottom five. That's just me. I didn't see him, so I can't. yeah yeah. It's, Waterford was the, Waterford and Trumbull were the only two teams that I didn't get to see it out of the top ten, out of the final top ten anyway. But um, yeah, I don't know. I think getting a quality win over Seymour in the final. How much is that worth? Maybe maybe it shouldn't be over St. Joe's, who sort of ran, you know, everyone. They beat Cheshire and Massick, right? St. Mm-hmm. Joe's did. So that should probably be worth a little extra to keep them, like you said, just from one bad performance. And it was really, at the end of the day, one amazing performance by yeah. Tori Heafy. So and just a random shout-out to the FCAC for getting three teams in that Class L quarterfinal. I mean, they, they were kind of not, you know, not the best. We didn't know what the rest of the league was outside of Trumbull. But Ridgefield got a big win over West Haven. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously Stanford and you know Trumbull sort of they got you know they made it to that quarterfinal round also. So just wanted to get that in there too. But yeah, I, I guess I see your point about Waterford. That's definitely debatable. And voters, it was scattershot after the top three. Yeah, <laughs> there was a lot of people that had Waterford like in this four spot down low, and I think that showed in the point totals that they were only a little bit ahead of those you know next three or four people but yeah it goes from <laughs> after the top three uh nfa 354 points and then waterford two two seventy eight at number four so that's a big i mean it's it's a big drop off it's not as big as i mean massic is 420 yeah. then southern Union is three yeah, they were both one two unanimous and nfa pretty much got every single third place vote okay so pretty much so that and then it's a pretty much a drop off after that i mean even cheshire was only only 20 points behind waterford which is you know uh, and, and even even St. Joseph, St. Joseph missed out on number five by six points. Yeah, and Trumbull and, was one behind. And Trumbull only by one, by missed six by one. So I don't know how you put Trumbull ahead of St. Joe. Apparently, there are some people who might have done that. Yeah, um, well, yeah, I would imagine so. I don't uh, because I don't know they either. got to the semi the, the semifinals. Yeah, and in, in a in a in theory more difficult double L. I don't right. know, but I'm. <laughs> I'm not letting go of the South Windsor being nine. I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> Look, I, that that troubled me a little bit too. Uh, Waterford, che- so we had Cheshire at number five. I think that was fair. Uh, yeah, great season. Obviously, winning the SEC is the most difficult conference. That's not up for debate at all. So to do that and reach the Class of L semifinals while playing a very hard schedule, that's you know that's I think that's like the definition of a, a fifth ranked team, sort of if that makes they sense. Just, they were the only team that kept their ranking from before the tournament started. Yeah. They just fell victim to a pretty red hot uh, NFA team. Yeah, and in a, in, a, in a sort of a weird game also. So and all those games later just going to be decided by the most random things. Yeah, and that's kind of like the that's the curse of softball in a way. Yeah, exactly. that's what separates the good from the bad. Yeah, um, number six, St. Joseph. We talked a little bit about them. I, Again, the only one, I mean, I was looking at some of the records. They only lost one game, and they didn't win a tournament game. It was not uh, 
that's tough. That's gonna that's gonna stick with them for a while. But uh, it seems like they're gonna be okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they have their awesome pitcher coming back, so I don't. I think they'll be just fine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, number seven is Trumbull. Um, uh, and then number eight, coming in at number eight for getting to the semis. I'm assuming getting to the championship and coming within two runs uh, in the six of the, in the sixth inning is is East Haven at 15 and 10. A number eight. They had a choppy beginning of the season, and it was choppy pretty much up until tournament time. Until they beat St. Joseph, that's when they really opened some eyes. It's a team that East. Uh, listen, it's a team that best days are well ahead of it. Yeah, I think if you take away the winning, you know, the winners from this weekend, I think that. The two big stories were NFA for sure, and and Tori Heafy, just her, yeah. Just, you know, like how how awesome she was throughout this entire tournament. You know, um, their assistant coach Kasafi told us that their defense sort of let them down early in the season, and they, you know, that was the reason why they were giving up runs. So once they cleaned up their defense and they have a good offense, it all came together with Heafy in the circle there, and she was just no, not rattled whatsoever in any of those late games, even against Massac. Like they, she was just totally calm the entire time. Pitched awesome, mm. and you know she's like definitely heading into next year in that conversation for best pitcher in the state. Oh my know? god! Yeah. Like just, just an awesome story. Ten losses, <laughs> they lost ten times. Yeah, and you know they're just playing in the SEC is just so difficult. You know. Yeah, I mean we talked a bit about them. Um, you know they, they kind of played to their competition during the season. Yeah. You know you think? Yeah, absolutely. Um, they, they. Beat NFA. They were the first team to beat NFA, which, in retrospect, looking I mean, at the time as the season went along, you're like. But then seeing the NFA got to the final, that's yeah. no joke. That 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 win at the time. That's what I was going to say. At the time, you thought, oh, maybe NFA is just a paper tiger because East Haven that struggles. Right. Um, but it was just a team figuring itself out. Yeah, a very very young team. Here is uh, actually here. Here is a uh, uh, Jeff Krasafi there. There, the, the son of a uh, head coach uh, Ed Krasafi, who's kind of running the team. He's you know is on the third baseline. Here he is afterward talking about the potential of of this team in the future and what this meant. And he says it straight up. You know, this was Tori Heafy. He's coming up. Yeah. We talk a lot about team first attitude, but we had to give a shout out to Tori Heafy. This was basically her coming out party. Um, you know, now the whole state knows her name. Not only is she a tremendous pitcher, but she's also a tremendous leadoff hitter. Um, she actually just got her 44th hit of the season this year, which broke our single season uh, record. So I'm, I'm so proud of her. And again, she battled again tonight, holding Massac to four hits and two runs. So a lot of pride on the East Haven side. You know, you know what I, you know what I'm gonna say about the East Haven. They, I love that they showed up. They showed up in force. Oh yeah, I forgot to say that um, last week. I really wanted to get it in there that East Haven had the best student section of. Any softball game I saw this year, yeah, um, at any you know final, semifinal, whatever. First against Brookfield, and then especially against Massick in the final. It was so cool because softball, you you know, you don't see that too often. No, so it was really cool to see. Well, I mean, I know a lot of these schools have a lot of other teams in championships, right? Which might have been, but this was also a Friday night, which also helps. Yep. Um, there wasn't you know wasn't like East Haven's baseball team was playing that same night or something crazy like that. Uh, but um, you know they they brought it the whole you know it's one of those East Haven sh shows up. I mean yeah. they love their they love their sports. Yep. Um, you know like they, it's like the basketball team uh, two years or two seasons ago. Uh, the basketball team they all the whole town showed up to Mohegan Sun and you know I, mean, I wouldn't say the whole town showed up to uh, to Deluca Field but it was they were there early. Yeah, and they were, there. were more full than empty for sure. So. Yeah, it took a little while for Monroe people to show up. They did. The students did come. I mean, and, and the fans did go. So that was good for 
for Mass, but East Haven was there really early, and uh, I they they did themselves proud with that performance, yeah, especially by Tori Heafy. Yeah. Who, uh, you know, who's actually related to the SEC Commissioner Al Carbone. I believe that's her, his niece. So uh, make sure you spell her name right or, or Al will get upset. Thanks, CIAC. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know if it's the CIAC's fault. I think the team's put it in True. there. True. But uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, coming in at number nine is uh, South Windsor, which... As you mentioned, you thought it was really low. Yeah, I'm uh, not going to beat a dead horse, but it's just – I just think it's incorrect. Like, there's no point in really, like, you know, complaining about it too much. They had an awesome season, you know. And it's it just one interesting thing because I remember talking to Maria Hanchuk after their first-round game, and I asked her about what's it like to be undefeated. You won Gatorade Player of the Year. What is that like? And she just – even I didn't even ask, was there pressure? She just said – we feel the pressure of the entire town. Like, yeah. we don't want to let them down. You know, we've had this awesome run. So a lot of that, like, mental part of it sort of gets overlooked a little bit. And I think it showed itself in the final with a lot of these teams making errors. It's just, like, who makes the fewer mistakes often comes out. And that's why Southington deserves so much credit for weathering all these storms and, you know, winning at the end. But, yeah, yeah just that's just – it's just not right. They should be they should be higher. But whatever. No, it's, they're in the same position as St. Joseph. Well, they actually won a tournament game. Yeah. Know? Yeah, and and St. Joe's has the benefit of winning the FCAC, which, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, I w- it would have been cool to see that, like, a four-team CCC tournament with, like, E.O. Smith, South Windsor, Southington, whoever else, I'm forgetting someone, and feels very good. So, you know, that would have been a, you know, fun sort of, um, Bristol Eastern is who I was thinking of. So, mm. like, all you know, that would have been, you know, that would have been a fun tournament to have before the States. Uh, number 10 is, finally, I mean, number 10 to wrap it up is North Haven. Lauren Carlo and North Haven, they got to the uh, the Class L semifinals in that dream matchup. It was pretty much a dream matchup. They lost to Massacre. We talked about it last yeah, week. Yeah, we did. And I don't know how many of those runs were earned that card gave up. So definitely a you know a tough way to you know end a career in a season. But another great season after last year too. They won SEC last year. They made the final this you know this year. Then they make this Class Double L semis. After, you know last year's state tournament didn't go so well. So definitely you know an all around solid season for them. To kind of emphasize your point that. Heafy was the, the one of the stories of the tournament. Uh, North Haven did not have a, as good a game as she did against Massick. Right, Massick was up big in that game. Granted, as we mentioned, Massick, uh, yeah, it was a lot of ground round ball. Like, where are we going? Oh shoot! Yeah, oh, I don't know how days. much harder Massick hit North Haven than East Haven. I just just the way the game played out and for Massac it was just like once the first runner or two got on they were like oh well we should just you know make them play the ball every time and they couldn't mm-hmm. do it and so that's that's a tough you know defense is so important obviously with the small field and stuff so just a tough you know it's a tough one and that, so that is the top 10 um like you said you know the only run one you really kind of shake your head at is South Windsor I kind of shake my head a little bit about some of the the the, lar- the stronger teams not not getting it, not being up top. I, I think you know if you're if you were St. Joseph, if you were Trumbull, and if you were South Windsor, I think you deserve to be in the top five around that po- point. You know, I think that's where you belong. I don't know if uh, the Class M champion needs to be up there uh, that high, but hey, I don't vote. So what do you want me to do? <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know. I think that it's fine. <laughs> it's. It's tough. Like, you know, there's there's arguments both ways for Waterford and, you know, being there or not being there. Right. right. I just feel like there's no argument for South Windsor being that low. I don't no. Know. no. <laughs> right? Well, like, let's not belabor the point, yeah. I guess. So let's talk about Massacre being the number one. I mean, that, 
it looks like the voters got it right to to start the season. I mean, they, yeah, they, right? they thought this was the team that was going to be number one. And usually the preseason poll is you start the season number one, meaning like that's who we think is going to be number one by the end of the season. That's kind of generally how you do it, I guess. Um, and, you know, they only had one loss, the, the loss to St. Joseph. We did not get the rematch. But a really, uh, you know, I thought I, I, mean, I didn't. I thought that they deserved it. Um, they scratched together two runs in the like was two runs in the bottom of the of the sixth. Uh, you know, they were starting to hit Tory. They were starting to get their bat to me. Tory was dominant early. She had a bunch of strikeouts early, and then Massick started to put their bat on the ball a little bit, and they had a rally squashed. I believe in the fifth inning, or maybe it was fourth, fourth or fifth inning, and uh, and it would keep the game scoreless. They had a couple runners on. And then uh, Meg McFarland, right after making a great catch. Well, I mean, it was a great catch. It was, it was a line drive to her in yeah, center field. it was a field. hard hit ball, yeah. Yeah, and, and that could have been easily, uh, but she's a pro. She uh, she makes the catch, comes right back in, leads off the inning. It's a double <laughs> right, right down the line uh, that kind of drifted into the foul territory after after it hit the hit. The, hit the grass it just kind of curved out there it was pretty yeah, right down the line and i mean that was really you know they didn't hit her that hard you know they didn't hit he that hard because the next batter got on by a weird bunt that you know they, they couldn't field and then they walked and hit i think hit a batter in there too so it was kind of just one of those rallies that you know sort of happened i think it was either a walk or a hit batter with the bases loaded but um Prosek had the uh, sack fly for the first run, and then right you know, sack fly to I believe center field for the f- left field. Was it left field? Yeah, it was left field for the first run. Second run did come home via walk. Yeah, um, and uh, and you know once they got the first run, you were just like, that's it, because it's a sixth inning. There's no way they're touching Chibi in the top of the seventh. And they had the insurance run. Now you're like, now it's really it. Right. Um, so uh, here's uh, here's Meg McFarland. Talking about uh, their rally, and you know, Meg, it's funny. We Meg, who's the daughter of Jack McFarland, Staples coach, who also won a state championship. So, congrats to the McFarland family. But uh, Meg, with the, the running joke last year, even with Jack, was like, "Man, they are just a they are just a deadpan and bunt. They don't say a lot after winning the state championship last year." We were both remarking how how much better everybody got at interviews over the course of a year. Uh, and so, here's Meg McFarland talking about her uh, her rally and. And uh, you know, and how this team was able to finally solve Tori Heavey. We didn't really hit till the sixth inning, so it did take us a while to um, it did take us a while to get with the program a little bit. And um, you know, we were able to just do what we had to do is just get hits, get a rally going, and eventually score. Um, they were a very good team. You know, they had very good hitters. They also had, they had a really good pitcher. Like I got to give her all the credit in the world. She was she was truly outstanding. You know, she threw us off a lot. Uh, it was. Uh, it was definitely a moment for me, you know. I just went up there and I saw that the pitch was outside, so I, I went with it and brought it that way, and I went to second base. So we felt really, really good at that point, um, you know, just getting runs in. You know, we just needed a couple runs, and then we felt good about ourselves, and we went in and we um, did the last three outs, and that was the game. So, so it was just that, you know, it's a veteran group, this one. It was, it was just a methodical. They knew what they had to do. They were starting to get around on, on Heafy. They're starting to figure it out. It's been kind of a theme all year. 
Um, East Haven just couldn't figure. Uh, it was only Heafy who had the two hits. That I thought that was yeah, incredible. Yeah, that's yeah, what an amazing performance by her. And that that goes under the radar a little bit with how awesome she pitched during this Cinderella run. But her bat is she's a leadoff hitter. She's a great yeah. hitter as well. So and like you said, just the senior leadership for Mass that got it done right at the last moment, right when they needed the most. Obviously that that double by McFarland is just you know that doesn't if that doesn't happen, who knows what happens the rest of the game? Yeah, well I remember ten years or prior. You know, Massa did not get that when it was uh, Rachel Fico's last game against Fitch, and Fitch used that bottom of the seventh to uh, to put them away, and then in an absolute classic at uh, same place, Deluca Field. I remember that very vividly. Um, yeah, because East Haven, East Haven actually drew a walk in the bottom of the seventh mm-hmm. to get a runner on and make things interesting. So who knows if if, if the lead's not two nothing at that point, right? But Shebe was just completely dominant. They're both yeah. going to U uh, Bridgeport, uh, UB, and uh, you know it was really funny that I'm like, hey, did you know you had 15 strikeouts afterward? And she's like, oh, I don't know. Um, th- you know, they were just a business like group, you know, and they yeah they they lost to St. Joe. But St. Joe's long gone, and they're still standing. Yeah, so. fifty-three and one the last two seasons. That's pretty good. Yeah, you now to be number one twice in a row. Uh, that's I, I don't even. Did they do that in, back in Fico's day? They might have. They probably did. I don't know. I don't remember. I wish I knew these things. But but uh, so yeah, just a really nice season overall. I think there was no other choice in Massick and. And they go off to the sunset, so we'll have to see uh, what they're going to be all about. I, I have the feeling that they will be just fine. Um, as the, uh, I don't know if they're, I don't know if they're a favorite in, in L next year. Yeah, I mean, I, I assume if St. Joe stay, does St. Joe stay in L? Do they go back to M? I don't really know how this works, but yeah, um, I would hope they stay. But um, yeah, I would probably give the edge to St. Joe's just because they they bring back Doran or whatever. But um, if you add in Bristol Eastern and East Haven, it still should be really competitive. For completion's sake, let's take a look at uh, the, the other teams in there. I mean, if you want, they, they don't get official rankings, but you can say number eleven is Seymour getting to the final. Listen, they only lost five games. They they lost in the NVL final. They lost in the Class M final. Still a pretty solid season for Seymour, yeah. all things considered. They were yeah. pretty good. Uh, you you got to beat them. Uh, you know, if you're going to make any headway, you're going to be a team to beat in the in this tournament. And and you know, and the teams beat them. Uh, Summers came out of nowhere. We haven't talked about this game. Uh, Summers came out of nowhere. 18-6 came out of nowhere to win the Class S championship over a pretty, you know, pretty gritty Cog and Chog team. Basically, Cog and Chog had the tables turned on itself. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know, they, they Cog and Chog had to rally to beat Holy Cross in the semi. Was it Holy Cross? Yeah. Holy Cross in the semifinals. And you thought that that, that bracket was so hard, that side – that that's was that was basically a, a de facto state championship game, and, and nobody, even even uh, uh, Neil Swanchak last week, nobody knew anything about what about, about Summers, um, and uh, and here they are, state champs for the first time. Yeah, I mean, and if you look at that play that decided the game, you know, you know, Will got a great shot of it, the two run hit that was it went off the pitcher with runners on second and third. She throws the first, and somehow both runners scored. Like this, you know, the speed just killed there for Somers. And great, you know, obviously a great the first state championship. You know, that that's really what cool. a way to win. Yeah, absolutely, and just that's just inches. I don't know. It's just such. I, I watched it like five times, and I was like, "What the heck just happened?" That that literally just decided a state championship in the seventh inning. Like, yeah, Summers' coach Melanie Zamorski uh, basically told our Dan Nowak who's there, uh, she said, uh, we had our fastest runners on second and third when Alyssa, 
uh, what is it? What was it? Lissa Milken? Yeah. Milken hit. That's that's the that's the batter who, who batted him in. Well, um, so she said we had our fastest runners on second and third when Alyssa hit her ball. So I knew there was a good chance they would score on that play. Uh, so, I, but she's, I mean, listen, that ball was getting thrown first. It was what? There was no outs, right? No outs, yeah. So runners in scoring position with no outs. Um, I mean, I guess they're just like, we're going, we got to take the out here. I mean, but, but she was safe at first. And the two runners and the other, the, the, the runner on second base, she was well, she was, by the time that, that throw hit first base, she was already past third and gunning for home. And it was, it was a hell of a play, and that kudos to uh, Zamorski for 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 sending her. Yeah, and giving her the for green working light. out because that would have not looked great had you know had that backfired. Well, you know what? You get to this point, uh, you got last talking, game of the season can't hold anything back. You know, you take a shot. Well, when was that? That was the uh, what? That was the that was the top of the seventh. It right? was, yeah. yeah, top of the seventh. It was no out. That was the thing about it. You have a runner on first. You have no out. I mean, that would be the second out. No, it was first. Yeah. First out. You know, take a shot. Make them make the play. Unbelievable job. That's so cool. Probably the play. That's probably the play of the tournament right there. Of the tournament. Uh, of the, the championship final. weekend. Yeah. I mean. Up there. Yeah. If you if you go from being behind to going ahead in the last inning of a state final, it probably doesn't get much better than that. No. That's the equivalent of a two-run home run. Yeah. <laughs> pretty much. One run. Like, so. That's a tremendous job by uh, by Summers. You know, and uh yeah, like you said, you have to watch it twice. You go on Game Time CT. We uh, Will Alden has a really good good video of it. Uh, you have to you have to kind of watch it, bounce off the pitcher, throw to first, safe, and then the next thing you know, those two run. I don't know. What do you do if you're Kagachuk in that situation? I mean, it looks like they went conservative there and try to get the just try to get the out. Yeah, because you just don't you. It doesn't register that the runner from second is going to try to score. I just don't think you know what I mean. Like right. So I just think you just you live with a runner on third with one out, which obviously isn't a great situation anyway. But you know you still just try to get as many outs as you can. So it, right. it, all, it all happened so fast because in the time just how much time went by between the ball hitting her and then dropping to the ground and her having to pick it up mm-hmm. the pitcher the pitcher so just it is wildness a, it is a game of inches folks and you gotta you know can you make the play in a pressure pressure pack situation that's basically what that comes down to so really that's a great job by summers you yeah know? great job the lacrosse team didn't win a state championship which i thought they would you know Probably got a little hose by having St. Joe in there in class. Yeah, we don't need to get another soapbox about that. They were screaming at me on the lacrosse pod. Anyway, but uh, that's a great, uh, you know, class S should be for class S schools. That's that's just the bottom line. And then to have St. Paul, great team. Holy Cross, good team. Uh, I thought St. Paul was better than Holy Cross. Holy Cross knocked them off, so what do I know? Uh, And then uh, to have the two public schools, though. For class S winning class S championship, I like that. Yeah, baseball and softball had the public schools in the final there, and uh, I'm sure the long trip home from West Haven was a nice one on Friday night. Uh, mm-hmm. No, <laughs> no, qu- uh, no question. Yeah, so I mean, to get back into it, do you think that Somers should be in the top ten for winning no. the state? <laughs> okay, <laughs> fair enough. No. <laughs> okay, so the Summers comes in at twelve. That's pretty respectable. You may should. Do you think that, yeah, do you, should state championships, state champions automatically get into a top 10? It's really a matter of opinion. I say no. I don't know what you say. Yeah, no, not, not, not in a black and white situation, but like you said with Waterford, they got rewarded so much mm-hmm. for basically winning two games. Like the first couple yeah. rounds were not that, if 
you know, they yeah. beat Grammy by a lot, but Grammy's a good team, so that counts. Great. And then they beat Team One in the final. So, you know, you're really setting two wild precedents there at the right. same time. Yeah, it seems like there are, there are two schools of thought have kind yeah, of merged and, here. And just for clarification purposes, there were a lot of voters that had them in the top 10, but then there were others that didn't at all, you know, just because right. it's like whatever. There's a lot of good teams in the state, and they're a small school. Um, so that's uh, they're, they're, so they come in at the mythical 12. Uh, 13 is E.O. Smith. Yeah, great season. I mean, again, their final record would have looked a lot different if they didn't go one and two on a trip to Florida. So, you know, <laughs> they, they played a great game against Cheshire in the quarterfinals of Class LL, had a great chance to win. You know, they have a, you know, they a really awesome season and some great players. So they definitely deserve to be in that, you know, sort of conversation. Coggenshaw comes in at, what's that, 14? Wait, 11, 12, 34. Yeah, 14. Brookfield eight and eighteen to six at fifteen. Notre Dame Fairfield twenty two and five at sixteen. Bristol Eastern seventeen and six at seventeen. Stanford nineteen to six at eighteen. Granby nineteen and seven at nineteen. West Haven eighteen and four at twenty. And Coventry and Oxford tie for twenty first. And that is all the votes uh, vote getters in the top ten. That was good quick math. <laughs> I liked it. Me no good at math. I was awful at math. Uh, so, uh, again, this is how we thought it was all going to be. We had something in from the beginning. We had Mask from the beginning. Well, I think we actually I did have Mask from the beginning. We, we all thought they were going to lose to St. Joseph uh, maybe this year in the rematch. But, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's just another crazy softball season. And, uh, you know, you have a couple. You have a legacy team in Southington. You have, uh, I guess, a legacy team. Yeah, legacy team in Massac. It's quickly becoming that way, right? So. Well, I remember they, they you know, Massac was just some, you know, SWC or WCCC team. And then came along Rachel Fico and, and changed that forever. So that's the top ten. Um, you know, I think we've kind of discussed what, who, you know, where we thought some of these uh, teams uh, should have been. How about a way too early look at next year? Well, some teams that are bringing back a lot of their players. I mean, there's not too many teams in this top ten that are even graduating their pitchers. So, yeah. <laughs> so we can really start there for sure. Um, just a couple of random things. Bristol Eastern pretty much brings its whole team back. They'll be really strong in the CCC. We'll be curious to see what South Windsor is even like without Maria Hanchuk. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's going to be tough. They've been good. You know, they were good for a few years before she got there. But they have a, they had a freshman who came in a little bit this year. We'll be interested to see how she does. Obviously, for Masic, you know, finally Maddie Prosick gets her chance to be the full-time pitcher, we think. Um, Lee Barone said something like, interesting afterwards when I asked her about Maddie and she said you never know what's going to come next so I don't know if that's like you know double talk for we have another freshman pitcher about to come in and be awesome for us but um otherwise you know Pro Six's done amazing when she's pitched you know the last couple of years so I don't I don't know how much Mastic takes a step back and then we look at these other teams that you know NFA loses some big pieces you know Trumbull brings a lot of their kids back. North Haven loses a humongous senior class, mm -hmm. so I would say they would probably be the team that most likely takes a humongous step back. But it'll be exciting, especially Waterford. You know, in the ECC, like is Waterford the preseason favorite to win that league next year, yeah. the, the Division One, whatever, because they have their entire team back and coming off this win. But and then Cheshire's always Cheshire. Just a lot of like. I would say a lot of these teams are going to be mostly strong next year. I'm also say curious to see how Seymour is too. Who's Seymour lose? Uh, Gefford, they're one of their pitchers. I think is Adamo senior too. I think Adamo might be senior. I think senior they're both else. going. Yeah, yeah. so uh, they they will obviously lose some pieces there. 
But they're always there, man. Just like a lot of these teams, you know, yeah. Southern always there. Cheshire always there. Reload, you know, whatever, whoever they lose, they always have the teams that you're you're used to seeing. Usually are always there. Just, just that's just the way this. Yeah, I think Bristol work. Eastern would be the team most likely to make that leap next year. They'll have a senior pitcher who's already a multi-time All-Stater in Aaron Gerard. They have a lot of. They'll have a lot of more upperclassmen on their team, and they put together a really good season and gave Mask a great game in the Class L Core Final. So, I think there'd be my sleeper, so to speak, for next year. But it was a great championship season, and uh, you know, I can't, there's not a whole. I mean, I love surprises. So if you love surprises, the, the season ended pretty much ended the way you know you would hoped it would. Yeah, I don't think anyone saw Southington, Waterford, or Somers winning those no. state championships. So it was great. I thought it was awesome weekend for sure. Like you said, there was all close games, all exciting moments, all moments that if had they gone the other way, the other team could have won the championship. So that's that's fun, and I thought it was just a great you know just a great season in general. It was really cool. Oh, but the one thing I should mention. <laughs> They got to do something about the bugs over there <laughs> at uh, at the Toluca Field. I don't know what you do. Put it in a dome or something because it's right next to a swamp. Whose idea was that? I know. Oh, it's just uh, I'm the players. Still... I, I mean, you saw the players. The that it affect it. It can affect them too. Not when mid play, but you can see them when they're just standing around. They're just swatting things away oh. from their face. Like oh, oh my god! I was kept watching the massive first base coach the whole time because I was a son on the other side. She's swatting away at her face. I'm like, how do you imagine the pitch is coming and then like some bug lands in your <laughs> like your eye or something? Oh man, I'm still scratching like you know like bumps on my arms from that game. Oh, it's 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 a beautiful facility, really nice place. But man, those it's it's ridiculous there. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what other states are like for their you know premier games, but it, it's 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 adequate. Yeah, I don't know. You do you do like a you you drop a bug bomb, <laughs> throw a few bug bombs out into the the swamp next door. I don't know. I mean, it's I love the stadium, but oof, that's tough. So anyway. At least it's not it's not hidden advertisement though. You know when games are there, you know what's gonna happen, <laughs> right? So it's no secret anymore. You just gotta be as prepared as you can. Yeah, it makes, I didn't bring my off or my raid or whatever it was, but thankfully no offense was able to, was able to help me out. So uh, anyway, so I think that we call that a season, right? I think that this uh, I think we can kind of. I don't know. We can kind of go in the summer now. <laughs> yeah, well, everyone's already off to their summer plans, I'm sure, with, like, travel ball and stuff. I mean, you mentioned. So the breakettes, the, in the junior breakettes playing out in, in Pennsylvania. Yeah, the scene, the all-star game is Thursday night between the high, the seniors and the breakettes or whatever down at DeLuca again. So it's just uh, there's only something going on with especially the kids that have to play year-round. Yeah. They're, well, there will be, yeah, the softball season may be over, but there is softball being played all across Connecticut. Yeah, make sure you go check out some of these kids play uh, playing the Breakettes and some of the other uh, uh, small programs. Uh, sorry, some of the other uh, AU programs out there, and and uh, and I don't know. Go out and watch some softball. <laughs> there's there's plenty to go. So this has been a pleasure this year. I really really enjoyed it, and I'm glad to to take over the mantle. I thought we had a, we had some really good guests over the over the course of the season. Um, yeah, what else can we say? I mean, it was it was it was a pleasure, Ryan. Yeah, uh, I definitely agree, Sean. You. Uh it was a step up. <laughs> well, Pete is so they're so engrossed in the high and tight stuff, and they're having uh, they're having on all four championship coaches. You know, I, I think we said pretty much all we need to say. We get you guys out of here. So uh, we had a bunch of the championship. The only one we didn't get on was Davina, but we're we're gonna leave you with 
uh, courtesy of uh, CT Sports now Steve Wasserman, who had her final speech to her team uh, after the season and what this championship is all about. So since we didn't have Davina on, here she is like, one more time uh, to kind of send us off uh, for the into the sunset of the 2019 softball season. Here you go. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Ever want to yell at you guys for making physical errors? No. We made some physical mistakes. Nerves are going to happen. They happened. I hope you guys were nervous in that last inning, but I think what we showed people today is how good of teammates we are, that we come together and we have some depth. We can do this. We have been telling people all year long that we could do this. And nobody deserves this more than you guys. And it was a team effort. It was a total team effort. And I mean that, you guys. You guys mean so much to us. We have been so hard on you this year. So hard. <laughs> I think some of you hated me at one point. <laughs> but that's because we weren't going to let the same thing that happened the last two years, we weren't going to let that happen again. And I love that you guys kept going out to your pitchers, telling them you had their back. That's the stuff that wins games. And I told you guys, defense and discipline would win this game. We had phenomenal discipline at the plate. We had some plays that we booted there in the last inning. But guess what? You're human beings, and they're going to happen. What matters is we dug deep. We came out, and we left everything on that field. And you guys deserve it. You won this game. And it's been a long time coming for this class. Number and I'm four, so proud of you guys. Rate.